What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's episode, I'd love for you to check out my band, Run With It, and our recent release, At Least You Tried. You can listen to it on any of the streaming platforms. You can also go to runwithitband.net or find it at Run With It Band on all the social platforms. That's at Run With It Band. On today's episode, we have Devin Turan. Devin plays the sweet and dusty sounds of America's Crossroads, Kansas City. On pedal steel and guitar, he is equally layered and melodic, and just as likely to compose sparse layers as walls of screaming noise. Devin Turan is a founding member of Timbers. He also supports several artists, including Marty Bush, Kristen Hamilton, David Luther, and others. In today's episode, Devin breaks down how the reality of an artist is not to be the best, but to move people. He shares his journey of collaborating with multiple bands and stepping into a new phase of his music career. We also talk about self-development, pursuing music with a day job, and raising a family in the midst of the music industry. It's a great episode. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. Oh, I was thinking about this. I, I don't know how old you are. I'm 37. Like I'm now at the place where like I'm so focused on technique right now. Yes. Because when I use bad technique, I hurt. I feel you, bro. Yeah, like everything. <laughs> I'm 42. And okay. so like everything, all my workouts are centered around mobility because I know I need to jump off of amps and fly through the air and shit like that. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm constantly thinking about like, even when I'm standing, how I'm standing, playing guitar. So my back doesn't hurt. Yeah. I don't throw that out when I'm jumping off an amp and, and that shit. Cause one time I actually ruptured a disc, uh, doing, oh, like, wow. cro- doing CrossFit back when we were touring, uh, previously. Yeah. And so I was like, all popped up on Percocets just to get through shows. Cause I oh, literally man. couldn't walk. I like, I'd like hobble to the van, but when I got on stage, I, it's like my body forgot it was hurt. And then, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go into a different <laughs> muscle memory zone. I know what you're talking about. You yeah. really do. Yeah. It was nuts. Even my bass player. I remember I jumped off uh, a amp and like, mind you, I've seriously had a ruptured disc at the point. And he looked at me, his eyes were just like, huge he's like what the hell are you doing <laughs> and then wow. i just laid i laid in the back of the van in like writhing <laughs> in pain for three hours <laughs> after that i was like jesus man you but know, yeah I, no, I, 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 feel you. Some, I reached out to somebody for a pedal steel lesson we ended up just focusing on just my left hand grip which was awesome right it was and then it was it was several weeks ago and it was last it was uh monday was when my hand like i've just been like really focusing on but it's like, I finally, like, I feel the strings different now. Like, nice. it, you know, when it like finally clicks into place of where it's supposed to be, like you're not trying anymore. It's like, oh, yes. it's like, it really was like Neo seeing everything. It's like, I can see it all now. <laughs> uh, you found the, you found, you broke through the matrix of pedal steel. I love it. It's like there was, I, I, the strings feel different. There's a different balance and a delicacy that like, I it just like, it finally all clicked. So yeah. anyways. Um, I don't know. We we'd have all this content ahead of time if you want to, but I don't know how you like yeah. to run things. So I'll actually, I, I love that. Let's just start with that. <laughs> it's really cool because it, it does make me think something I've been thinking a lot about recently yeah. is the whole, it's like a Navy SEAL mantra. A lot of military uses it. The slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And mm. I try to apply it like damn near everywhere. When I was on my Ironman journey, 
like, especially in the water, like training swimming, it was the same thing where you just feel like a fucking idiot, like going so slow and trying to figure out the right technique. But it's like, kind of like that moment you said where like all of a sudden something clicks and you're moving through the yeah. water or like with guitar and with music, I think it's the same thing. Like vocals, I've, I've actually started practicing less, like less hours, but when I'm actually running, like I just ran some warm ups, but what I'm running is very specific pieces of like where the placement is in my head, how my yeah. throat is like the, the looseness of it. Cause I'm realizing it's, that's where the gains are. I think once you get the, the foundation musically right the gains mm -hmm. come in those little nuances that seem to take forever really slow really focused but then it unlocks it's the cheat code or like all the way through the matrix yeah <laughs> oh, actually like and i think that i think that most yeah i should do the same um i think that for most of it i was, I was reflecting on this because i kind of fall into the role of i've never like given formal lessons yeah. as a musician like i've never been a teacher i was well i was I was a high school teacher. And, and so this is why, like, I haven't done lessons as a player. Um, right. it, it, and, and part of it is like, I, I think like, I'm not, I'm not a shredder. I'm just not like, that's a different I thing. Like, I'm not, I just, and I'm not going to be, I don't really care. That's not, that, that's a different <laughs> conversation, which we will get to today, but. And you absolutely have with, to care to get there, but yeah, we'll, we'll shove yeah, that, that back to that one's saying. a different one. Come back to that one. Cause that's a whole adventure as well. But like I was with David Luther the other day, a really, really killer songwriter. I love him. I, I back him. He's one of the guys. Oh, it, the sound cut out for a second. We missed the, uh, like two sentences before that it's fading in and out and for the listener he's he's trying he's he's going for it there <laughs> Sorry, we go I, I don't... oh it went out again oh no don't worry listeners it'll be worth the wait for all the convo that's about to happen And I, I had some difficulties with my camera coming into, into the game today. Uh, no, no audio yet. <laughs> Man, I thought I turned off. Oh, it's my iPad. Oh, it sounds like audio. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to go back to the room, Mike. It just It's okay. what I use for all my meetings and everything. So sorry That's if cool. it's a little bit too That's roomy, cool. guys. You'll deal with it. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. It's just it's just left side. But like I said, in, I, can, I can try to fix all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, it's just a, it's a mono input. So this is my recording setup. Um, and I'll turn off the speaker in the room. Okay. All right. I should have you clearly there. Sweet. Um, I might it's just, I might edit some of yeah. this out and just been there. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I use a mono setup. So like if I'm going to logic, I do a, a dual in, but it's just a single I mic, see. so that's why it'll be. Yeah. If is there any way to bring gain down? Do you have that kind of control? Yeah, totally. I got my whole interface right here. Just a second. Sweet. So, is that better? About more where you need it? Keep talking. Yeah, check, 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 check. Maybe up just a touch. Check, 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 check. There check. we go. Okay, yeah, we cool. were kind of peeking a little bit, but yeah. Well, so listener, we are back. We had some technical difficulties and we're jumping back in. Um, and I was kiboshing your story. Uh, you had kind of touched on the idea of of not being a shredder 
at that yeah. point, but we're going to get to that because you were, we'll you were that. headed somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So well, I was, I was with David Luther. He's a, a great player and, uh, or he's not really necessarily a great player yet. He's a great musician, great songwriter, great front man. Um, but he's right. really working on his technique as a guitar player. And I, there were a few things I looked at and I was like, Oh, you don't need a teacher. You need a coach. You need like a batting coach. Because the stuff was like, hey, your grip here, your wrist, you're throwing yourself out of tune, or the way you're tapping is messing with the way you count. But right. he needed somebody to be like a batting coach, be like, okay, drop your shoulders or keep your knees, you know, from locking, like whatever it is. And I think so yeah. many of us, when we get to this age, like it's not content that we, we don't need more content or more songs to play. We need somebody to be like, hey, here's the way to get the best out of your body. Yes. I love that. Well, it's funny, even on the songwriting, we are like going balls out into songwriting it, it, as a band and we're building in like collaborations. We're going to be on the road this fall trying to mm -hmm. collaborate with other songwriters and just learn and grow. And a friend of mine who's like writing in Nashville, just got his first gold records. Very, really oh, wow. cool. Um, and he's seen such great success and been on a great journey. But basically one day he just told me, he's like, listen, you don't have to keep studying songwriting anymore. He's like, you got to do it. You got to get in the room with other people and learn the little nuances. He's like, you know what a hit song is. You know yeah. when a song starts playing, like, oh, damn. He's like, you know how the crowd's going to react. So now it's just like learning those little tweaks. It's like grabbing the song and sifting and sifting and sifting yeah. until you find that right melody, the right rhythm that fits with the bass, you know, all those little nuances. And it was freeing for me because I just kept yeah. – felt, I felt like I had to constantly like – let me find another book on songwriting or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. No, I know. I know exactly. Cause like, I, yeah. Cause I'm actually trying to work on songwriting. I've just never developed that skill. I've always been a sideman, a session player, uh, a coach and in the producer chair, right? Like my, I was a high school teacher. I was a school principal. I was an instructional coach. I've done a number of things, but like the same joy in that and, and that kind of day job stuff is the same. I have in a band, which is, I love, the process of helping somebody get to the best version of a thing that they didn't yeah. even know they could do yet. Right. That editing process, the coaching pro that that's the joy for me. Um, but a little secret, I don't know that many songs like, yeah. Okay. I, I play like actively in six bands. I, <laughs> I think I've got five hours of released music on Spotify, different things I'm on and I'll get like four different records in, in works right now. But I don't like if you ask me to sit down and just like in a jam circle and just like, what songs do you know? It's like uh, maybe two or three at any given point in time. Like that's so essentially the nature of because you were you're kind of like this professional collaborator, collaborator, this professional like side man in a way. Is it just because you constantly find yourself in that position? I, I think partly it's also just what I enjoy. Like for me, the joy is in um, in the co-creation. Like I'm not that interested in learning. I will go, I will study parts of songs. I will absolutely right. study parts. And I know how certain players put things together, um, certain writers. And, and I really look at that. But then it's as soon as I've got that technique down, it's like, okay, how do I just incorporate it into my playing? And, you know, at least for me, um, part of why I don't sit down and just learn a lot of songs, I think is... Um, you get to a point when you've been playing long enough in the way that I came up playing, which was very much in living rooms, jam sessions, yeah, very much improvisatory for like hours on end. Like we're just following each other, see where you go. Um, it's it's more dancing, and it's that's not as much fun to do alone. And so, right, 
when I'm doing you can, like, you I, can't I, really dance with a Jamie Abersall, like, uh, you know, uh, yeah. jam track or something. It's, it's just there. And if I'm, if I'm sitting across the living room from you and we're jamming on something, it, it is, it's not really playing anymore. It's not conscious. It is, it's kind of like a dance and, um, yeah. That's, That's interesting. Why I, don't I, songs. Yeah. I, I like that concept because as we're in the studio now uh, regularly, um, one thing we're we've never written as a band collabor- collaboratively. Mm. That's a tough <laughs> word for me. It's essentially it's been me like I'll I'll spend like two, three months, write like 60 songs and then mm. shoot them all to the people like the producer and the band. And then we start sifting and then we find like, okay, here's the six that we think have potential. So let's, let's kind of craft these more, like put flesh and bone. But we, I think through the coaching, of a lot of friends who are successful with songwriting, they're basically like you guys, basically Miguel, they're like, you got to stop doing that. Like it's, mm. it's been great for you now, but now you need to learn some new skill sets. And so we're yeah. in, we're constantly in the studio now kind of pushing back and forth and texting like, Hey, I don't, I'm not really feeling this vocal line. And I like that perspective though, instead of a, sometimes it can feel combative yeah. in that sense, especially for me. I'm, like I said, I'm learning, like I used to be like, all you know, emo in my room, writing my songs by myself. Um, but I love that perspective of a dance. In fact, I may just steal that idea and bring it into our next writing session and just say, you know what, cause I think a salsa and like you're Cuban. Um, and yeah. so, you know, some of those, those different dances, but like salsa is like a push and pull. Like I remember yeah. as I was learning it in college, uh, it's like this, it's like a rubber band back and forth. And it only works when you're moving together with your partner. And mm. it makes me wonder, honestly, I've, Thank you. I think you just unlocked the matrix for me a little bit. It makes me wonder if that perspective will help me uh, just grow as a songwriter and help us as we are on this journey. So that's that's really cool perspective. I love that. Thank you. At least you'll have a hell of a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that is right, my man. Yeah. So as far as the the shredding piece, and so I was okay. on a journey yeah. where I I wanted to be like uh, the I I just I'm competitive. I want to be the best guitarist, the best songwriter, the yeah. best singer, the best. And then like, I like hit a point where I was like, you know what? Piano is, is a useful tool, but I'm not going to be a baller piano. And I love guitar, but the best thing I can do for our band often is just put my guitar down and start singing. And <laughs> I realized like, I'm not going to be a shredder. And that's one reason Matt Richards joined our band. Cause the dude can wail. He loves it. So yeah. he put in the 10 hours a day years ago to, sure. to get all that in his fingers. Um, what was that journey like for you just to, to come to acceptance of that and figure out the things that you are like better suited for? Yeah, well, I think when I was younger, I said that as a self-defense thing um, to, like, cover <laughs> over, like, not practicing enough. Right. Um, but then, like, as I've matured, uh, and this is really interesting because this morning, the, the song where I've done some work with Grace Askew, she's amazing out of Memphis. She just talked about, like, she okay. hit 35 and she doesn't care about the same thing she used to, right? She doesn't yes. care about the grind. She just wants to do good work. And and it was really cool. So think about that today. But for me, started with it was a defense thing to just – uh, deflect my, my real emotions. And then the second, I get that as, as I grew older, it was, uh, or matured. It, it was like, that's just not the point. Like, and it's also like, if I wanted to do that, I would do that. I just don't want to do that. Yeah. What I, you got to have the passion to put that kind of time in. Well, and it's a different job. Like I'm a good player. Like I'm, I'll, I'll say yeah. I'm a great player. Like I know that, but I'm not an Instagram guitar 
like celebrity. Like I'm just not gonna be. <laughs> You're like, look out, my uh, finger tapping. This is how I, cool I, I am. I, I don't want to work like that. But also, like, it's not the same job. And I think that's where a lot of players get distracted. Our job is not to be the best. Hmm. Our job is to move people. Yeah, I saw that post. Uh, I think you posted about a few days ago. And I love that, too. Because, again, I, I need voices like that in my life to remind me because I mm-hmm. love the, I love the grind. I love the competitive nature. I love the goals. And, like, we're going to fucking kill it, man. Yeah. Um, which is great. But at the end of the day, like, I hope this next song inspires somebody. It's all about the next song we have releasing. It, it's all about, like, people creating for themselves. And I hope it – I'm like, yeah. at the end of the day, I want people to hear that and be inspired. So I love that. Yeah. So you – can you say that again? Say that again for the listeners. Yeah, our, our job is not to be the best or – actually, you know what? There's a really great quote. Let me pull this up because um, okay. this is worth it. People haven't heard this. Um see uh do you know who martha graham is not familiar with her okay she was a choreographer i think she did oklahoma she was uh one of the most important like choreographers of stuff in the 20th century um i don't really know her from that i know her from people quoting this quote of her that is just unreal (laughs) um but the idea is this it's like it's our job is not to be the best our job is to move people but she said this Mm -hmm. to a younger dancer or, or rather sorry a younger dancer agnes de DeMille DeVille wrote this in her memoir about what Martha Graham told her. She said, I confess that I had a burning desire to be excellent, but no faith that I could be. Martha mm. said to me be very quietly, there's a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there's only one of you in all of time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and it will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly to keep the channel open. You do not even have to believe in your work. You have to keep yourself open and aware to the urges and motivate you. Keep the channel open. And as for you, and she says this directly to Agnes, you so far have used one third of your talent. And then Agnes asks this question, she's like, but when I look at my stuff, I only see its ineptitude, its, its flaws, its cruds, it, all this. Like, I'm not satisfied with my stuff. Is there no satisfaction? And, and Martha just says, no, there's no such thing as satisfaction. There's only a queer divine dissatisfaction, a blessed unrest that keeps us marching and makes us more alive than the others. Oh man, that's good. I like that. I love that. I mean, you know, it's interesting because yesterday I'm I'm getting out at a solo gig and mm-hmm. I just I felt like all of a sudden I hit that like I feel like a worthless songwriter. You know, I got I got back like a, a demo we had worked on and getting some feedback and I'm like, well, I got I just I just some terrible. And it's kind of like that that dissatisfaction that keeps coming back and back and back. Well, and I remember like yeah, sorry. The, the th- no, you're fine. The the thought for me was was kind of that thing of like, all right, well. I'm going to get on stage now and do my musician yeah. thing. And I'm going to like today, I'm going to open up logic and keep working on the next song and keep going. And it's like almost like that process, that process is the, the thing yeah. as opposed to the exact, even stuff that I thought was great. Like a former yeah. releases that like did one of our songs did really well. But even then I hear it now and I'm like, well, that was good for then, but now we're on a different, 
place. So we have to keep going. Keep next steps is kind yeah. of what we talk about in the band. Well, and so, man, there's so many threads of this. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> can you tell that I used to do professional development professionally? Like, <laughs> um, oh, man, which direction do I want to follow you on that? Um, there's so much good stuff. You know, one of the things I was listening to, uh, you know, at the Folk Alliance conference was uh, we were in a panel on economic development and working with marginalized communities. And somebody asked so one of the panelists, how do you choose who you trust to work with and protect your community. And his response was great. It was, I asked to see their process. Hmm. People that are focused and can only tell me about their outcome metrics. Hmm. I do not trust. Yes. It's so easy to, to have vanity metrics. It's so easy to be like, we did the record or it's so easy to say we did this show or, or whatever, or we wrote that, but the process is what matters. Hmm. Right? Like, I love it. The work happens in process, not in the outcomes. And somebody that can really, like, and I've just been part of so many things where vanity metrics, like, you, you can spin whatever metrics you want, right? right. Like, absolutely. Who cares? Like, who cares that you have a song on Spotify? I can do that for 22 bucks later today, too. <laughs> I don't care. Exactly. Like, I just, I, get my, I can do an iPhone demo and stick it on Spotify. It'll be up there by Tuesday. Like, that's not the point. Like, what is your process? To get to that place of like channeling that, keeping that channel open and being responsive to what is moving through you. Um, so, you know, here's a piece I have for you because you, I think you and I are motivated very differently. You are motivated Sounds by like competition. It. Yes, I am. <laughs> Not one bit over here. Like, <laughs> if I'm in a workout group, I just want to be the one that doesn't slow everyone down. That's interesting. Uh, it's so, it's such a foreign concept. Like when someone <laughs> says I have nothing in me from that, like I can't, I literally can't even imagine what that's like yeah. because it's so deeply ingrained in me. <laughs> but okay. But in the band context, like we have to, like in a work context in a band context, we have to think about how different people are motivated differently. So I don't care yeah. about competition. I don't care that we beat out so-and-so for a slot or any of that. But what I right. really care about is how two things. Um, I love solving problems and making things better, right? So it's mm-hmm. how can I make our process better? How can I make the song better, right? It's like it's it's craftsmanship. And then the yeah. second is I want to know that my craft is getting sharper. Hmm. That's it for me. Like, so I don't need yeah. to go win. I want to sit down and do the work and I want to know that I'm getting better at it. So like this last week when I felt my hand like lock in with holding my bar differently, like it was like, oh, oh, like that was huge. Like here is the joy. Here's the joy in this moment. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think the thing that's helped me one is just, I also love people at the same time. Like I just Mm. have this, even when I've been incredibly nihilistic and like really almost anti people, I just couldn't help it. The moment I get in a room with people, I'm like, Hey, tell me about your life. (laughs) That's another part that helps. But the other piece is it, it's a cliche, but it's like making sure more and more of my focus is my competition is myself where I have like yeah. a daily, I kind of, you talk about process. Like I have a daily list of like, these are the things that you have to accomplish each day. And it's like, those are, those have helped call it to where it's like, I, it brings more collaboration outwardly and then it helps me just keep that competitiveness like in my mind. But sometimes I like to talk shit. So we, we, I have, we had some friends who are in a rap group called handsome naked. Uh, it's like a comedy rap group. They've, they've been on like NBC's bring the funny yeah. and all sorts of stuff. They're very talented. And, uh, 
we were doing a showcase one time. We're backstage, and uh, we had the first slot, and they were going uh-huh. on after us. And they walked up to me, like, super consoling. They're like, oh, man, I'm sorry. You got to you gotta start out the show. And I was like, yeah, honestly, it sucks for you. You got to follow us. And they just <laughs> but, but we we knew each other enough. Where, and they're comedians, so they're used to talking shit <laughs> all the you time. But, but then to make it more <laughs> playful in that regard. That's the process, yeah. though, man. Like you had mentioned, you know, the show here or getting your album done. Uh, and I yeah. get it. There's some artists like I know some artists who worked on their album for three years and still didn't put it in the world. It's like, OK, yeah. I get it. it. That's your accomplishment right now. But when you look at the process of a band, especially from a business perspective, you seem to have a very sharp from our conversations previously, sharp business perspective. It's like it's not each show is like a next step in my mind to mm-hmm. the bigger thing. Like, what is the process? Yeah. What does that show lead to? What does that yeah. song lead to? Where what other doors are next? Because I feel like if, if you're not firing, you know, all all those things at the same time, it's kind of like throwing, you know, well, I, I heard a, an analogy once where it's like sometimes people like, if you take dynamite, throw it at a boulder, it's going to make mm-hmm. a scar. But if your goal is to actually like move that boulder or break that boulder up, you actually have to drill down mm-hmm. and bore a hole, then drop the dynamite in and then it causes everything to break. So it's like, I feel like often people get stuck and I've done it too in the music world where we're like cool ass show or cool ass album is just throwing dynamite at a huge ass boulder. Um, And so I've been becoming more and more obsessed with the idea. What does it look like to drill down? What does it look like to build all those pieces so that when you do the dynamite, when you do the next song or you do that big show, what, how did it like progress things? So I don't know if that's something you've experienced or seen uh, artists get stuck in or even yourself. Oh, absolutely. Like if I, and if I knew how to like manage all of my life differently, I'd be a much, much uh, more quote unquote successful artist to be able to pay my rent with just doing the music. Like um, there's another tangent here that I think is important later, yeah, which is, I'm, um, I'm gratitude in the, it was just gratitude in the day job. Um, and, uh, that's a good one. I love talking dude. with folks who have the day job thing and then break, cause that's the reality. Like yeah. my wife and I, we still run a commercial cleaning company together, you know? Right. So it's like my full-time thing is music. That's what all my hours consist of. Yeah. But like, there is that reality, you know, in it, but yeah, yeah. anyway, we, we can well, that's that a, here in a second. Um, or we can jump on it, one or the well, other. Well, maybe. Well, I think there's one thing. I, there's a third type of, of personality for motivation that actually, like, I just learned about. And so, like, one of my old best friends and then one of my partners at work are both this. They don't care about competition. They don't care about personal growth. I mean, they want to do good work. They want to win. What they care about, and we have, I, I can think of guys and bands I play in that are this guy. They care about that what they're involved in doesn't make their quality of life worse. This is a guy at work that's really good at being the conduit of information, really keeps the relationships up. But ultimately, like at the end of the day, like they're going to keep plugging away and doing work as long as it's not making the rest of their quality of life worse. And that's OK. Those guys aren't passionate in the same way. Like I love the basis of Tippers. Riley Taylor is one of my best friends in the world. I've played with him for like going on nine years now. But Riley wants to be in bed as soon as he, he can. And, and he doesn't want to go on tour and it's okay. Like yeah. I, I do want to do those things. I do want to stay out and, and, and work and, and drill down on it. But he's also, I'm not as good of a writer without him. 
Like he's hmm. just, he, he's for my creative process. Like Riley makes me better. And um, I still need him, even though, like, even though I know he's not going to want to do the other things in the same way I will. But that also means for me, when I'm pushing as a good teammate, as a good band member with him, I have to make sure I'm taking care of his comfort, too. Right. Like he's in as long as he knows that, like, he's taking care of. He doesn't want to ask him to do like a midnight songwriting session or no, or like, hey, we got a week run. You need to come out with us. Like, because because that's. Well, yeah, it's funny because I know so a, um, a one, one another professional songwriter uh, that we were talking about, like getting together, and he's like, "Yeah, weekdays are the best," and he likes to run it like ten to five, you know, ten a.m. Mm-hmm. to five p.m. And that's what he discovered because he did the road thing, has been all over, you know. And he's like, "Yeah, dude, we were in the studio with him once as a band, and he just like shook his head when he's seen us do all the Instagram stuff and all the strategy stuff, and he's like, dude." There's no way in hell I could go back to doing that. He's like, I love this. Mm-hmm. Like, he he wants to have his friends, you know, go disc golfing and write kick-ass songs. And that's where his his passion, you know, yeah. lies. And I think there's a huge value in that. Because I think mm-hmm. sometimes that's what brings, like you said, you don't want to write a song without your friend. Because, and we were talking about that where I'm like, it's interesting that so many large artists have a lot of songwriters behind them. And I sometimes I wonder because... He, songs like you said you have to move people it has to speak to their lives and if you're living this crazy life that's super kind of different than a lot of other people you're constantly on the road you're always standing big crowds like i wonder if in some ways you need those songwriters to kind of bring you back down to reality and it's like if they're chasing that same life do they have the same perspective yeah i don't know i haven't thought about that angle um i do think it's really important that you know who is good for you in your creative process at different phases of it, mm. right? Um, that same basis, Riley, I should not write with him at a very early stage. Like, he's really good at, um, he's re- really, like, it's more when we're getting into arranging and production, but, like, early ideas, um, that's not a great use of our time together. Right. Um, as opposed to other people where you can just go in and jam and a thing comes out in 15 minutes. They're like, Riley is a guy that like sharpens um, and makes things really interesting. Um, That's good perspective. And I, yeah. I love which time, unfortunately the audio is like, like, Oh no. Going in and out again. What's going on with my stuff? Like, yeah, this it... now it's almost like a, a delay on it. And apparently I got rid of pro zoom mm-hmm. and I thought yeah, it's it going to kick us off. It, I didn't realize it took, I thought it was only like when you had three or more people that it mm-hmm. wouldn't let you do unlimited. So it used to be, do you want to sign I'm, out and sign back in or what do you want to do? I think the best thing to do, I'm going to go ahead and sign out, okay. um, restart my pro and then call you back, give you a second to work those out and we'll just, okay. uh, so yeah. we, we are back, had some technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> and you were saying some great things, but the sound was going in and out. And, uh, so we're, we're going to kind of jump back on that though. So in this idea of collaboration, but choosing, you were talking about the concept of choosing your collaborators and choosing when the right time to bring certain collaborators in. And I thought that was really cool stuff. Well, I think this goes back to process even more like foundational than, than like, who do you bring in? Like you have to know what phase of your own process you're in Mm -hmm. and, one of my favorite talks on this is actually John Cleese. If you look up his uh, 
he's got a YouTube video. It's old. It's like creativity and management. Like and Monty about, Python. Yeah, Monty John Python. John okay. Oh, amazing, right amazing stuff. And, and he talks about just how it worked on Monty Python. He was talking to a room of like uh, business managers and making fun of them as he did it. But um, his basic thing was there is no room for criticism in brainstorm. You have to be able to play. Mm. And every idea goes and you just build off each other and you do not stop and there's no space for reverence. Nothing is revered in that time. Yeah. Now, you have to have playtime to be creative. Right. But you also don't get anything done during playtime. Playtime is about play. <laughs> and if yeah. you don't get out of playtime into produce time, you don't get things finished, right? And so Interesting. he talked about really, really making sure that you set boundaries on playtime. You set up the norms for it, the boundaries, both what you have to protect it from, but then also right. making sure it doesn't take over everything, Right. Yes. And then how do you put the boundaries on production time? And and different people call it different things, but there are certain writers that are really great to be with in playtime. And there are certain writers that or, or certain musicians, not necessarily the writers, that I don't want to be with in, in playtime. Because mm -hmm. you have to practice that mode of brainstorm. Right. Um and so I think and it, it goes to, to go process somewhere. first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think playtime can't, you cannot have an expectation oh, so, of productivity. So you're seeing how I will, so like yeah. full disclosure, like jamming, I, again, we're, it's funny how different our personalities are. Like jamming drives me insane. Like if our goal oh, is to go in and, and write a, write a song, like I remember one day we like did three hours of like jamming, like the playing <laughs> part, but I like halfway through, I was like, okay, what are we getting done? Like. <laughs> So you went mind, too but long, I, but you went too long. It seems right? that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that like ideally playtime is around half an hour to 90 minutes. Yeah. And see, and I, I, my heart, I think 30 minutes would, but it's interesting though, because I see the opportunity there. Cause like for me, I like to sit with everybody in a room, got like a drum pad, guitars out, all that kind of stuff. And then we just start throwing down tracks. But I do think there is a room, is a room, there is room for that play even in that method where like maybe hey for the next three minutes we're just going to put five yeah. melodies and we're going to do like what are you hearing what are you thinking try a different drum and then layer them all and then when it comes time to lock it down okay which one's yeah. the best i like that well, no reverence part though you can't be pre that's what we talk about you can't be precious about yeah. your songs um yeah. you gotta let it let it go yeah and, and the moment you play it it doesn't belong to you anymore yeah it just doesn't. It, it's it's out there. It's in the world. It is its own thing. You can still influence where it goes, but you don't control it anymore. It's not yours. That's true. Well, even down like fans like messaging back like this song and this is what it meant to me. I'm like, that's interesting. I didn't write that song about that at all, yeah. but somehow it connected with them. So yeah, you don't even get to choose how people interpret it at yeah. that point. Yeah, that's and really cool. Oh, and I think like to what you are talking about, like, so this is also a, a thing that, you know, a ton of businesses are trying to figure out what is it like when we come back into the office? Like the, my day job is trying to figure this out too. And part of this has to be, what's the point of us being in the room together? Mm. And and I like being in the room. I would much rather be there with people, but yeah. if, if it could just be online, then why are we here? And thinking about when you come together, Together, what is it about that thing that is important? And like in your band, there's time for practice. There's a time for play. 
there's a time for production, like all those things mm-hmm. matter. Um, and having different norms for those and being clear with each other, how you give feedback to each other in those times is really important, right? Mm. Cause feedback has the power to like build or destroy any relationship and both warm and cool feedback can do it. It's so um, true. But it's also so important to like to practice both giving and receiving and to hear, but you have to do it in different phases, different ways at different times. That's such a great perspective. And it, it is true too. Like even down to what you started talking about from the very beginning is like understanding each individual because mm-hmm. like there's, there's people that I've worked with in context of bands where they, li- I literally had a girl come up to me, the vocalist I was working with. And she's like, have you ever heard of the sandwich method uh, of giving feedback <laughs> where she's like, you, you say something. And I like, I've done leadership yeah. stuff for years. So of course, yeah. like that's like one oh one. but apparently I suck at it because she's like, you know, where you say something nice and then you, tell me the thing. And then you say another nice thing. She's like, I need that. I need that. Like all the time. It was, I'm glad she said it because I'm like, I want someone just to be like, especially in context of work. I want someone to be like, Hey, this is the thing we need to fix this. Okay, cool. But like, I'm 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 not the same fucking person. (laughs) If somebody does that bullshit of this, sorry, the sandwich method is um, not to criticize that wonderful young right. lady who told you But for you that, me, but I, I can criticize it because I hate it. I know when someone's doing it to me and I can't stand it. <laughs> I can't deal with it. Like it. So the best way to build trust with me is give me critical feedback. Yeah. I need it because until like you take the risk of saying something that has risk for you, of mm-hmm. giving me critical feedback, like I don't know what you actually think about me. And, and this yeah. is where like mental health comes into it too. Like anxiety, depression, all that stuff. It's, it's in me. So we could do three more podcasts on it later on. <laughs> um, but this is part of my journey at this phase. And you know, even my wife and I were having this conversation. Like I just need her to tell me more what she's thinking more often because when I don't know it, I go to the place of like everyone hates me. I'm disappointing everyone. Not right. to go super dark here, but – the, I get but that, the moment that somebody gives you that that really honest and direct and and targeted feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for it tells me they care. They mm-hmm. care enough about our relationship to tell me something that'll make me better. And also, they have skill to see the thing, right? And even if I right. think if I disagree with them, like I still respect it. Um, but it's like um, I just think of like little pieces of feedback over time that have been huge and. I'm I'm at a loss right now. This is awful to like have this example and then to go to it. But it's all good. You know, those little things, they build trust. They build trust. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but it was so interesting where she's like, I, I, I need that because I just was speaking very directly and didn't realize that apparently I'd almost sent her out the room crying a few times. I had no idea. Like I was completely oblivious. I'm like, well, shit, I don't want that. (laughs) You know, uh, she's talented uh, vocalist and keyboardist. And I was like, yeah, but it was helpful that, that she shared that to me. Um, on the idea of the day job. So, mm. like, balancing that, um, or I, I have a, a leadership lesson that was kind of instilled in me was, like, balance doesn't exist. So, he talked mm-hmm. about his tension, actually referencing, like, dancing as well, where mm. there's the push and pull. Um, but, again, it, it depends on how you view it. But I'm, I'm curious, what does that look like for you? Is there... Well, let's just start that. Let's start there. I have a bunch of questions. So. Hell, I got no idea. So, like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a few months in on a new day job, and like, I've, I, you know, I was an educator. So I was a high school educator for thirteen, fourteen years. I did some political advocacy work. Um, 
and in that whole time, I was always playing, always recording. Um, and the beauty of it is it gave me the freedom to not have to play music I didn't want to play. Yes. So everything I've done over the last 15 years is something that I'm really proud of, that I'm really thankful that I had the chance to do it. But it also meant that I did not have to get really good at, at running the business side of music for myself. I, just, I didn't have that necessity for paying the bills, and so I never had. And I'm trying to figure that out here in the last couple of years, and, and really right now, it's amazing how many things transfer. But I was a high school principal. There's no such thing as balance there either. I don't believe in balance. <laughs> um, and it was beautiful. I loved it. I don't miss it. I loved it. I, and I love. I feel like an uncle now that I can go and see students in a building, and I don't wake up to them the next morning. It's great. Right. <laughs> like I don't have to deal with all the it's kind of right. like the transition from uh you know parenthood as I understand it from parenthood to grand grandparent it's like grandparents like like my dad comes yeah. and picks up the kids and you know pumps them full of sugar takes them all the fun stuff and then he's like all right see you later <laughs> yeah so like on balance anyway like I think I, I use the metaphor of like a, the, a range of on an oven. I want to turn up and down different burners in my life mm. at different times. Spending So like I'm really trying to figure out how do I diversify That's great. what I do. And yeah, and between playing and recording and, and selling software and consulting arrangements, um, you know, having different burners, right? Um, I think the other I thing like for me. I like that analogy. Sorry, sorry I was, I'm just kind of chewing on Because I, I yeah. talked about it as like um, – where well i'll i'll probably just steal this one because yeah I like just that steal it a lot it's okay <laughs> we're, we're gonna go start a consulting business later um, It'll be but, brilliant. um, <laughs> um for me let me give an example of actually like i'm being really efficient with my music right so where i actually need to get really efficient is not in day job stuff i'm i'm hyper focused i'm so efficient in that space where i need right. to get really efficient is with my creation and so my daily practices um, I'm off this week, and I'm going to have to work double hard to get back to it next week. It's been my wife's birthday and our anniversary, and so I'm off this week. But but you made week, good choices there. You made, I re- made good really choices. good choices, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> um, I try to get up early. I mean, my kids will have me up usually by six anyways, um, and then um, make my coffee. I spend 10 minutes doing object writing, which is all about play, right? And it's hmm. not about the process. I, I don't, I've hardly ever gone back to anything I've written in these 10 minutes for material. It's just about getting your mind going. Interesting, um, getting and, the, and, the muse rolling in a way. Yeah, it's about so later on you can get back to that place of being really focused with your writing later, right? It's getting you, it's getting you warmed up. It's your warm up and stretching for the day. And then the next bit I did, I started doing these, uh, I call them unsolicited steal, my TikTok videos. And I started doing these videos just to, to practice and to have fun with friends. And then I realized like I'm connecting with people like kind of deeply with these steel duets on TikTok, um, and it became a challenge. This is where the, the personal challenge came in. So you're going to like this as the athlete and the competitor. It started <laughs> with like I just wanted to get one done every day, right? And yeah. and as I was figuring out my setup and how to do it and how to use the technology, it would take me you know maybe twenty or thirty minutes to get one done. And now I'm to the place where it's like two or three. That's and amazing. And so now instead of trying to get one done, it's like okay, I'm going to set a timer for thirty minutes. How many of these how can many? I get done in thirty minutes? Today was only two. Right? right. But last time I did it before today, it was like four. And it, it was, um, it's, 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 it's several things for me. It's really fun. So I love doing it. It's a way to build community and connect with other musicians. 
But even if they don't care about my stuff or don't like it or nobody sees it, it's me practicing getting good at the thing I need to be good at, which is finding the parts that support the artist as quick as possible. Hmm. And then, and I'm not worried about them being perfect. Like I had to right. let that go because they're all single shot recordings. Um, it's about, can I get an idea to them quick enough that it's good enough they want to work on it? And so if we go mm-hmm. into the studio, they want me to finish the idea. That's awesome. So well, and I, I love that efficiency that, piece yeah. of that. That's, mm-hmm. that's great. Cause I, when I first started the podcast, like I was clocking in sometimes 20 hours a week of editing right. and everything. Like I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like I almost quit the podcast and, but tried to bore down, bore down, make decisions. And, and eventually literally it's down to like 50 minutes to an hour and long-term, yeah. I think the processes are getting better where I could probably hand it off to somebody once I can afford like to pay somebody. But it, it, uh, what it did though, is it freed me up. Like thinking about that efficiency, it freed me up to be able to continue to do it because I love it. But I was yeah. like, now that things are rocking, I can't spend 20 hours. Like COVID, I mean, we had hours upon hours, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think this is the difference between a hobbyist and a professional. Because mm-hmm. a prof- like the professional, mo- it's professionalism is a mindset. It's not how you're paying your bills. Yeah. It's not, it's like it's, the musicians and the artists I want to work with are very professional in their mindset. They're not just doing it for fun. Right. Um, they might not be making, it might be a non-profitable business, right? It might not, <laughs> but it's, but like what you're talking about is you have something that is a goal for the way you do your business as you with the band and Miguel and run with it and all these things and the podcast matters. And then it's how do I keep making that thing better? Like that's a professional right. mindset as opposed to like, hey, check it out, guys. I made a podcast. Look at my <laughs> cool podcast. I'm so special. Who cares? Right. Yeah, there's like a million that just started right now, like at this moment. Yeah. You know, so it's. <laughs> Again, like I could do a podcast and have it up next week if I really want. It wouldn't be any good, but um, I could do it. That's amazing. So your life, though, as a husband, as a father, how many kids do you have? I have two. I have a seven and a three-year-old. They both have birthdays this fall. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So you got the young ones as well. So they mm-hmm. that's, a, that's even extra energy. Our oldest is going to college in two mm. weeks, which is insane. Uh, mom is, is going to ball her eyes out. It's going wow. to be nuts. And I think our boys are going to be you know, bawling their eyes out, but in our youngest is eight at this point. Uh, so 13 okay. and 10. Um, but that was always, I remember being like on the road, right. And we're yeah. in clubs. It's like 1am in New York city or whatever it is. And you start talking to people and, and then I'm like, yeah, I have kids. They're like, you have kids. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, I was like, yeah, I have four kids. They're like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> they're like, how in the world do you do this? And so like our, yeah. I, it's just kind of what my wife and I have like worked out and how we've learned how to parent through it, how we've learned how to build our relationship through it, not without many hiccups along the way. But I realized like all of a sudden, because it was normal to me that this was a unique approach to life, to marriage, to parenting. So I'm curious for you, what are some of the tools you've been utilizing, uh, like in your marriage, in your, with your kids as a, as a father, what are some of the tools you utilize, uh, to make that, I guess, to, to make sure your family's thriving in the midst yeah. of your pursuit. Um, I mean, the, the, the silly guy, and he wants to say Google calendar, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is so true. In fact, I, so you say that I got a text yesterday because when I started the new band calendar, I forgot to add my wife's 
uh, calendar to it. I got a text yesterday and she was like, it'd be really helpful if you could add me to that calendar. <laughs> you know what? I got to say, it's a like, true tool, my friend. It's a true tool, but and also like, I, I like, I'm at the place where I have too many calendars going on and I actually could probably use somebody helping me to consolidate them because I don't know how to do it. But, um, as far as relationships go, I think like, um, just to be honest and real, like we're in that phase of figuring it out because I'm in a huge career shift right now. Yeah. Uh, I've shifted from being the community leader in a school and still playing music to um, doing this job that really gives me the freedom to go in and do things because I can work remote. I have a lot of flexibility. I'm doing this podcast right now during the day, taking a break, and people are encouraging me, right? Yeah. Like my colleagues are all, they're not like, oh, he's over there doing his hot. No, they're like, no, that's really cool. We encourage that's you. That's a great go place to be, thing. my friend. Absolutely. Like one of our values is really, is this idea of God-given talents. And it's, you know, like if somebody's got a talent, they've got a, a passion, we're going to encourage them. Yeah. And even if that takes them somewhere else, you know, do great work while you're here. Mm. But like you are bigger than this thing. That is, um, But also leadership. you're not bigger than it, right? Like it's, it's both. Like you're part of something that's bigger than you, but also you are not just part of this thing. So, um, I value that immensely. And then my own personal journey, you know, a few years ago, right as we're hitting the pandemic, honestly, the, the early days of the pandemic um, felt very surreal to me because I was also, as I was going through for the first time, recognizing that I, I've always dealt with depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that began a year long journey of figuring out like what actually worked for me. And I had, I'm very blessed in my life that um, wonderful support network with my family, you know, my parents, my wife, my friends around me have all been amazing. And then also really great coping skills. Um, my mom happened to be a school psych when I was growing up. And so lots of stuff that she just taught us to do. And so I, you know, they say you don't have a diagnosis until it impedes your life. Right. Yeah. For me, it was the complexity of life. Um, just outpaced my coping skills. And then I started going mm. through spiral. So honestly, like the answer to your question is we're working on it and I don't really know. Like, yeah, but we know that where we were was um, as much as I loved my career in education, like long-term it wasn't good for me and it was going to, it was going to really undo me. And one of the things I'm loving so much right now, Oh, I have another tangent for you about brilliant people, but um uh, one of the things I love right now is um, just being in a place where there's not somebody calling you an asshole every day. Mm. Um, and so you had some rough work environments, my friend. Well, <laughs> no, it's just it's what you sign up for. You work with teenagers. Oh, I see. As yeah, a principal, you, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, you're you the man take, at that point. Like, or even as a teacher, like you're not taking it. Like you know, not to take it personal. Like part of the job is dealing with people that are dealing with conflict, right? Yeah, that's part of it, and even if it's not directed at you, it like you'll get hit with the crossfire. And hmm. at a certain point you just build up this armor and I'm just in this phase of my life of shedding this and realizing hmm. how much weight I can take off. And I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude right now and how good and brilliant people are around me. And um, I'm just, I'm kind of overwhelmed with it all right now, to be honest. That's really cool though. That's, it's, it's cool that you're in your day job is sounds like an incredible culture. Um, yeah. At the open handedness. I've been lucky to work in the past for some incredible leaders who led open handed. Like that's how they mentored me to like where now it's like 
if I see a toxic culture, it's just like, because <gasps> they, yeah. they just drove it home and would call me to task when I was creating, uh, you know, bad habits, yeah. those kind of things. Um, but I, I find it interesting listening to your story of it. And I, it's interesting because I feel like at the end of the day, whether I'm going to be successful at being a band or be, being in a band or being a husband, being a father, that it actually starts with my own personal development and my own mm. growing knowledge of myself, why I do things, um, mm-hmm. how I can change those things that I don't like, all those kind of things, what that looks like, and even learning to love myself. I've, I've actually yeah. been, ref- I've been learning, it's a strange thing, but I found myself having to refer to myself as brother. Mm. Like, I don't know if that sounds crazy. But like, because my internal voice was like, listen, motherfucker, get up, get out there, do that. And like, I felt like I needed that. And that's just what the internal voice, but I realized like, that's not helping me anymore. Maybe it helped me at a point in my life, but it's not, it's not helping me love people better. It's not helping me. And the reason I say it's interesting is because it sounds like a lot of things you were kind of explaining is you're on a personal journey to overall, it sounds like that's going to overflow to better your yeah. kids and to better your family, better your wife. I sure That's really hope cool. So. Yeah. It, it's just, it, you know, I don't know any other way than to just be transparent about where I am. And that's, that's the reality yeah. of it. And, um, I'm just really, I'm really blessed and I'm mm-hmm. um, very fortunate to be where I am. Um, you talk about toxic culture and here's the thing about brilliance. And I, I I'm thinking about this a lot because it's also like, I've been in a role where like I was a leader and my job was to develop other people. It's so wonderful to not be in that role right now, professionally. <laughs> you need a break um, from that. <laughs> it is, but it allows me to step back and to see what other people are doing and to study it and to, like, why does it work? And I've just been so, I think one of the things that's been just blowing me away is at the company I work at, like, um, and I won't, I won't name them. You can look me up if you want to people, but who cares? <laughs> uh, I'm off the clock right now for this, but um, just been so impressed at how sharp people are. Just really good at what they do and sharp. And after watching a little bit longer, I just think that most people in this world are brilliant. Just hmm. the vast majority of people are incredibly brilliant. And when you are in places where people are not, I don't think that says something about the quality of those people. I think it speaks way more about the environment mm-hmm. and the way that the culture interacts. And, um, if you're in a place where people aren't taking intellectual risk, it comes across like they're looking stupid, yeah. right? Like people but that- that's probably a protective it, exactly, choice. Exactly, right? And so the question we should be asking is what's happening in this place is making people not thrive. Like, yeah. that's it. Like, and is this a place where I can still thrive amid that? Or is it a place where I need to work on it? Or is it a place where like, it's not my thing and I need to get out of here? Absolutely. And I think I've spent a lot of time in places where like, I felt like it was my duty to work on that, but realized eventually like I couldn't like, it just yeah. like, and I did as good of I, as I could for a while. And then I'm just in a different place now. Um, but yeah, most people are brilliant, just truly amazing and creative and smart and funny. And I think part of our job and the healing role that we can play as artists and musician is helping rekindle that imagination and those feelings and bring it back out for people that maybe have had to retreat in for whatever it is um, in their environment. God, I love that. And it, it honestly throws it right back to that quote you read from the dancer. What was her name again? Uh, That was uh, Martha Graham was the choreographer and choreographer DeMille was the dancer. Yeah. And it's like being creating environments as artists, like within the band, 
um, within our collaborations, uh, within our families, even it's like, mm-hmm. are we creating environments in which you are speaking life and, and helping peel back the layers so people can be the yeah. best of who they are? Um, that's a, that's a powerful perspective. And I love what you talked about too, where like, I've been in that place where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to change the culture here. But like you are swimming so hard upstream because it, to me, it, to me, it is a leadership when that's happening, when it's happening around me, it's, it's my problem. I'm the leader. And so Mm -hmm. I've done something or have not done something, which is fostering that environment. And so I have to look as a leader, like at the end of the day, and it's like, yeah, if you're trying to fight uphill and you just, you know, walked into a new culture, (laughs) I think it becomes such a dangerous thing for a person to like from, you know, to change it from, from down to up in that regard. So maybe some people, uh, want to do it, but God, I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in other people and it just, it starts to destroy somebody, especially when they could, you can pluck them out of there, plant them in a new environment. And now they, they can thrive because the soil is right. And the, you know, all the things are there for them to thrive. So when this is where there's a difference in our mentalities, like with your competitive type, I think you probably really thrive more in that front man position where like, if I did, I would have, done that years ago. What I really like, I love being a number two and making somebody else shine. Like I love mm-hmm. being, and, and then like in, in being the, the number one leader in, in a couple different buildings, you know, learned the power of like needing to have that pair, um, partly That's for, true. Pl- for plausible That's deniability true. when somebody doesn't like what <laughs> the other person did, you'd be like, Oh, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Like, you can kind of like, you can block and tackle for each other. Yes. But, but it's also like, it's the coach in me. It's the teacher in me. It's the, Hmm. all of my professional training and all of like what's been honed in me as a musician up to this point is like, how do I make that thing the best it can possibly be? Like, I love being the person when there's a gathering that has emptied the trash can before somebody realizes it's going to overflow. I see. Like, how do you take care of the stuff behind the scenes that nobody's going to notice, but it makes a huge difference. Right. Yeah. And that's the same thing on a stage, right? Whether it's somebody else broke a string and I'm just passing the guitar that I've got on and I'm switching because it's less, or it's, you know, taking care of cables or it's covering. Like um, there are times in different bands that you just got to, you got to cover things or something's going sideways and you just got to grab it and hold it down so other people can get back on track. But it's, it's, I yeah. love being in that spot um, and making others shine. That's interesting. Yeah. And that is, that's it. That is a great perspective because I think about I I think of it as like exhale moments where like certain people will join like the team of what we're doing in some realm whether it's on stage or behind the scenes and it's like after working with them like a week or two it's like <sighs> it's someone who like brings so much value in that regard and and then in, in a sense I feel frees me up to stay at thirty thousand feet to make sure mm-hmm. the direction's on point. Um, and yeah, and that's so vital. So vital. Well, the, I feel like, man, we could talk forever. We'll have we could go for, you. we should probably do some regular. I'll, well, I'll just come well, and that's where, <laughs> and that's where for the listener, you know, we, we met at Boulevardia, our bands, well, my band and your 70 bands were, uh, that you're in, <laughs> um, we're playing the same stage. You just left your gear up the whole time, I think, until we started playing because Basically. You, you, you were like, no, I'm in the next band. No, I'm in the next band. Um, and it really connected with you and loved your perspective. I, there's so many different places we could go, even like your work and like activism and in those places. Uh, so maybe we'll have to have you come, 
come back into that one day. Um, we can talk about being Hispanics uh, who live in the Midwest and what that's like. <laughs> and, and then don't play salsa music, right? That's like, right. I don't play yeah. salsa and you're you not play playing lap merengue, steel. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually working on my first song that will I will have a Spanish word in it, and that's it, because I'm is on a journey no? to finally is it, learn. Is the word no? That would be brilliant. <laughs> then half of my songs have have Spanish words in it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm working on a song uh, based off of Adelante, like forward, like move. Oh, um, cool. And it's kind of what's burning my brain. I was going to say, you should I, turn it into a contest and see which listener can guess the word right before uh, the song comes out. And I just outed it. Good job. Yeah, I know, you did. Good ah. job. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll have to have you on. So uh, land in the plane on this one, though. Two more questions yeah, yeah. Uh, based off the podcast. So uh, for you right now, how would you define living a great life? Yeah, I tried to think about this question before because I did read your list of questions. I was like, how can I deflect from Thank you for a long enough period of time? Um, I don't know. Like my, my first gut is like right now I'm just trying to live good days. So like mm. I, I love that. I'm just trying to, you know, good days, good weeks, good months. Like I'm just trying to be living my days in ways that are good. I can't think about my whole life right now. That's great. And honestly, that's the only way to get there anyway. Is yeah. to make sure you can be so focused on what's going to happen in 20 years that you miss the very things that are right here. Yeah. And so I, I, I need flexibility. So like one of the great things about the, the day job is I get to walk my kids to school in the morning. So that's like, awesome. Stuff like that leads to really great days for me. And that's what I want to have right now are good days. Mm, I love it. And for the last question right now in your life, how would you define creating great things? Mm. Um, I, I thought about this one just a little bit earlier as well. Um, which is, um, because I, I play pedal steel and I do guitar and I do a lot of layered stuff, people talk about things being pretty or beautiful. Um, I, I tell friends often, I don't make things pretty. Don't ask me to do things that are pretty. Don't ask me to do graphic design work. Don't ask me to come and paint the trim in your house. I will help you do all sorts of things, but I just don't do a good job of pretty. But in the music world, for me, create, creation is about when I feel good is when we found beauty. And I hmm. think that the difference between pretty and beauty is that Beauty also somehow points to something that is true. Yeah. Maybe it's some maybe it's not something we have words for, it's just something we could feel, but there's some layer of truth that goes deeper beyond it's it's something about the art reveals something about the world we are in or a deeper truth and and that's what I'm chasing. Like how do we make this thing serve the work? For me it's also about like always serve the song. So what does the song need? It's never about what I prefer or what I want. It's how do we serve the song and how do we reveal its beauty? That's great. Let people know how they can connect with you and follow you on TikTok because it's a great yeah. follow, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, Devin Turan on almost everything. Um, so DevonTuran.com, Devin Turan on Instagram, Devin Turan Music on TikTok because some 15-year-old got Devin Turan before me. Uh, but those are the spots. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks for making the time. Thank you, man. Miguel, it's great talking with you. We'll be in touch soon. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.